Welcome to the 3D Parent Podcast. My name is Bevan Walters, your host and founder of The 3D Parent. I'm a certified parent coach and have spent the last decade living my calling in life, helping parents navigate the tough stuff like tantrums, sibling conflict, screen time overload, and managing the transition into the teenage years. My purpose is to provide you with the tools you need as a parent to lead with dignity, direction, and deep connection in your family relationships. My goal in creating the 3D Parent Podcast is to inform, empower, and increase confidence in parents so they can trust their instincts and make the best decisions possible for their families. For these reasons, I've rated this podcast FPEO for parents' ears only. Parenting is challenging, but you don't have to do it alone. Welcome back to the 3D Parent Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about tips for meltdown-free shopping trips with your kids. This is a topic that comes up from time to time in my parent coach practice when I'm working with clients who struggle making it through the grocery store without kids melting down, demanding things, having tantrums when they don't get what they want, just struggling with keeping kids close and not running off and getting into trouble all over the store, just the ins and outs of shopping with your kids. It's not easy. And I've got to be honest with you, this is something that I personally try to avoid. I don't love shopping with little ones underfoot. I consider shopping by myself, grocery shopping or other errands to be almost a form of self-care because it's so much easier when you don't have kids along for the ride. But that's honestly not always possible for people um, who are with their kids all the time or it doesn't work in their schedule to shop when they have breaks during the day without their kids. They have to grab their kids and their kids have to be along for the shopping trips. So I'm here today to give you some tips and some things that have worked really well for me and for clients of mine that I've helped kind of work through this particular challenge. So the first thing you want to keep in mind is that you should have some type of a plan before you go to the store. Times when I've not been dialed in, when I've been really focused on my agenda, I got to get to the store, get the groceries and get home. And I don't really think about my kids and preparing them and kind of being proactive before making it to the store. Those usually are when things go badly. And that's when I end up resorting to all the parenting tactics that I swear that I'll never use. That's when I start you know, yelling at my kids or grabbing them too forcefully or threatening them. And everybody's frustrated, mostly me and eventually my kids. And it ends up being a disaster that everybody in the store is well aware of as well as me. So I try to avoid those types of shopping disasters as much as possible and have been pretty successful in recent years. And here's how I'm here to help you today. Be just as successful in your shopping trips with your kids. So have a plan before you go. Before you even enter the store, talk to your kids, get their eye contact and talk about, okay, we're going to the store and here's what it's going to look like today. Go through the plan, what you're going to be doing, how you're going to be shopping, how they're going to be participating before you enter the store. You want to let them know before you enter the store, your plan about buying any treats for them. So that when they get in the store and they start seeing things, they already know, is this a day that you're going to buy each one a treat? 
or not. It's completely fine to never buy your kids a treat in the store. It's also completely fine. Oftentimes I'll do my grocery shopping right after picking up my kids from school and they're hungry. And so I'll say, yes, everybody gets to pick out a snack today while we're at the store, but there will be just one thing chosen. So you're going to have to agree upon what it is. Or if it's a grocery store that maybe has a coffee cart with some snacks, I'll let everybody know they can go pick out something from, um, from that. I'll just let them know ahead of time what the plan is in terms of treats. And then they know going in and they don't feel compelled to ask for more. They sometimes still do, but they already know ahead of time what the plan is. And then I don't sway away from that plan as much as possible. Also go over your kids. What is going to happen in terms of their proximity to you? Is anybody going to be riding in the cart? Is there going to be an expectation that um, little kids have a hand on the cart? I definitely encourage you to do this if you have younger kids, that they have to be in contact with you. It's hard because you've got your hands on the cart. It's hard to hold hands, of course. So I just tell my younger kids, everybody has to have a hand on the cart. Riding on the cart, like, you know, a judgment call for you. I know that that is kind of discouraged because they're are incidents where shopping carts can tip over, but you know your kids, you know their capability of being able to hold on and balance. And if you have more than one kid and they're pretty equally weighted, it might work okay to have one on either side. That's a judgment calling and leaving your hands. I'm okay with my smaller kids um, who are currently ages five and seven, kind of holding onto the sides and pulling in tight. But I tell them as soon as the cart stops, everybody jumps off because I don't want it to tip over or one to jump off and not the other and so on. And that is with the expectation that they're not going to go wild with their bodies. Otherwise, everybody has to walk with a hand on the cart. Um, sometimes I'll put my youngest inside the cart if I'm not filling it up too much. It's just helpful to have at least one of my kids contained. Um, of course, if you have a even smaller child who's maybe one or two or three, putting them inside the actual front part where they, they sit facing you can be really helpful in terms of just containing them. So letting your kids know before you even enter the store if there's going to be any treats or extras purchased or snacks and where they're going to be in proximity to you in the cart, what your expectation is. Go over that before you even enter the store. So you're not immediately trying to you know, finagle that as soon as you get to the store and start shopping. Next thing I'm going to encourage you to do is to give your kids jobs. Now, depending upon their ages and stages, I've got kids ranging in age from five to 15. They're capable of different types of helping while in the store. So younger kids, they love holding the bags for produce or maybe selecting the produce to put in the bags. So give them these jobs. Let them know, I'm going to need your help when I get to produce. Um, you're going to help me uh, pick out the apples and put them in the bags. And then you're going to help me do the same thing with the oranges or whatever it might be. Give them jobs and engage them in the process to keep them interested, to keep them from running around and finding their own ways to entertain them. If they're engaged in the process, less likely they're going to be causing problems. Um, you can also make it almost like a scavenger hunt. When you're going down the aisles and you're looking for certain items, tell them what you're looking for. Describe it for them and see who can locate it, who can find it. Engage them in the process of locating the particular items. You can have them hold the shopping list for you, for you to kind of check out on the list. If they're a little older and can read, they can be reading the shopping list to you. Or you can even divide up your shopping list and put different kids in charge of different aspects of the list. So again, they're engaged in the process and they can be looking for things along with you. You can also encourage older, bigger kids to be in charge of pushing the cart. So you can be more free to kind of 
go through the aisles and get things and putting them inside the cart. Um, they can also help unloading the cart when you get to the checkout aisle. Um, they can help with returning the cart to where it gets stored. Um, if it's inside the parking lot, of course, going over safety measures in terms of not um, looking and not stuffing in front of cars and so on. My older kids obviously can navigate this quite well at 13 and 15 years of age. And then also helping unload the groceries into the car and unloading them into the house. I try to get everybody involved in that process. It shouldn't be a just a job for parents. I mean, even my smaller kids can carry something that's not as heavy um, down the stairs and into my house, but my older kids help unloading the bigger bags as well. Hey there, parents. Are you tired of feeling like your kids are in charge at home, negotiating, demanding, and generally calling all the shots? Well, then I have a free resource for you called 10 Steps to Get Back in Charge of Your Kids. Just click the link below to download your own copy. Let's get you back in the driver's seat. Okay, so that's kind of like the overview of how to navigate the store. Now, what happens when your kids do end up inevitably asking for extra items? I find this happens less often in the grocery store. Sometimes they do ask for treats. But again, I've already set up um, the expectation of if they're going to be picking out treats or not. And I also have a shopping list. So if they ask for other things above and beyond, I say, nope, we're sticking to our list. That's not on the list. It's not something we're going to be purchasing today. If you kind of stick to your nose, stick to your plan, and don't kind of waffle from it, your kids will learn to accept the no easier. However, when you're in stores where there's even more temptations, the stores where they have more than groceries, your Targets, your Fred Meyers, stores where there are toys and games and clothes and so many things that are interesting and intriguing to your kids, I encourage you to tell your kids that we can put that on your list for your birthday, for Christmas, whatever the next event is where they may be um, hoping for certain presents. We'll go ahead and put that on your list. I understand. I see that. We'll put it on your list. Um, that has worked out great for me with my kids through the years. Just knowing that I acknowledge, I see that they uh, see something you're interested in and then I'm putting it on their list. If your kids are older, this certainly happened to me with my oldest child when she got to be about the age six or seven. One day she said, where is this list, mom? You always talk about putting things on the list. Where is this list? And obviously I didn't actually have a piece of paper where I wrote down all the items that she asked through, you know, from time to time. And so I basically told her, well, I have a mental list and that might work for some kids. Some kids might say like, wait a minute, that's not going to work for me. In which case I encourage you to take a picture. And I do this sometimes with my younger kids too. They see a stuffed animal and Believe me, we don't need another stuffed animal in my house, but still it's so um, hard when you see something really cute and you're young, a child and you want something. And so I'll oftentimes pull out my phone and say, I'll take a picture of you holding that stuffed animal so I can remember it's something you wanted. And, you know, once the picture is taken, that kind of sense of desire uh, can kind of go away a little bit. And then they know that you have recorded an item that they're interested in. Do I execute on those items I've taken pictures of and remember and go back and purchase those for birthday? days and Christmases? Usually not, but occasionally I will. So occasionally I'll remember, oh yeah, I remember there was a particular thing that they wanted that I took a picture of and I'll go and that will be what they get for that birthday or for their Christmas gift. Um, or sometimes I'll have um, a grandparent say, oh, I need some ideas for your kids, things that they're interested in for Christmas. And then I could shoot them off a couple pictures and say, oh, I found this at my local Target and this is something that they're interested in and give them some ideas. So it can be helpful in those cases as well. But honestly, adding things to a list or taking pictures of something when you're giving a no can really help your child accept it and avoid the tantrums. But 
the tantrums do sometimes happen. And that is just a fact of life. It is hard for your kids sometimes to accept the no. The younger they are, or if they're a bit more intense of a personality, easily triggered, sometimes it will result in a tantrum. And just acknowledging with your child that you know it's hard to hear a no and it's really hard for them and kind of supporting them through that upset is completely appropriate. If it ends up being a huge tantrum, Yes, you sometimes do have to abandon ship, leave the store, go to a car or someplace private and let your kid kind of work through their emotions. Sometimes that's it for the day. Sometimes you can recover, go back in and hopefully found your card has not been um, taken and the things put back up on the shelves and you can continue the day. When your kids have these big reactions to emotions and it's public, it's really hard sometimes to navigate. And that's a lot of times when you lose your sense of intuition as a parent because you're aware of eyes, you feel a sense of judgment. We've all been there. Just try and set that aside and remember what's most important is your relationship with your child. And if you start then threatening your child or saying, I'm going to take things away from you and punishing them because you're feeling um, like maybe you're embarrassed or there's people looking at you and viewing and judging your parenting, you're usually not going to be parenting from your intuition and supporting your child in a way that can be most beneficial. That's usually when we fall back on habits we may be trying to break in terms of our parenting. So I encourage you, if your child is really, really stressed out and melting down and you cannot distract them or kind of get them back um, on board with um, the shopping trip to go ahead and leave, regroup, and then come back in and try later or another day if it's just not going to happen. Hopefully that doesn't have to happen often and you can have this plan in place and be very proactive and things go better. But when things go terribly wrong, that is the best thing to do. Just to leave, not to shame and blame your child, but just to say, all right, you know what? Shopping's not going to work today. This is too hard for everybody. We're going to have to leave and we'll do it another time. And then just move on with your day as inconvenient as it may be. Once you get to the checkout line, that's also a time when sometimes it can be really tough, particularly if it's really busy and there's a lot of people. So that's a time when parents, again, sometimes tend to kind of lose focus on their kids and just waiting in line and waiting for your turn to unload the groceries can be tough. So I encourage you to stay engaged with your kids, have conversations. Sometimes I'll look through, there's magazines that are kind of right there on the end and we'll kind of pick one up that's, you know, more age appropriate and talk about, oh, look at this cool one. It's got recipes. Let's, let's look at things that might be yummy to make for dinner um, next week. Or sometimes there's picture, um, I was at a store recently and there was a bunch of 2020 calendars and there was adorable pictures of kittens and puppies puppies and we kind of picked them up and flipped them over and looked at the back and kind of picked out, oh gosh, you know, if you could um, pick out any dog on this calendar that you could bring home, which one would it be? We just found, I found ways to engage with my kids while we were waiting so that they were, um, you know, connected with me. They felt in the same um, kind of conversation and world with me and less likely to kind of get into trouble. Another thing that can be really helpful, of course, when it does become your turn to kind of unload is again, to involve the kids in putting things on the conveyor belt as you're getting ready to check out. So involve them in the process. You can also do things like from where, where you're standing, play games like I Spy. And um, while you're waiting for your turn and pick out things to kind of go back and forth, I spy with my little eye something that is blue. And then your child can kind of play along in this game and then it's their turn to spy something. So again, engaging with your kids so they're less likely to get into trouble can be helpful. You know, 
I have not, um, I, I do resist sticking a phone into my kid's hand the second that we get into line, particularly if I have multiple kids with me, I don't have multiple phones to hand them to distract them. But sometimes when I'm one-on-one -on -one with a child and I've gone through all my bags of tricks and it's super busy, um, sometimes I will go ahead and pull out the phone. But again, I set up expectations. All right, I'm gonna let you um, play a couple of games on my phone while we're going through checkout and then it's back in my bag. We're not gonna continue playing with my phone. I do encourage you to resist pulling out that final um, tool uh, the second you get into the grocery store. Otherwise, you're setting the expectation that that's always going to be the case. And again, if you have more than one child, then you have to navigate, you know, fairness and, oh, it's not fair. And they have a phone and now you're trying to keep track of how long people have it. So I encourage you to kind of like resist using the phone unless it's a last resort. Or if you just have one child and you're kind of running out of um, energy or it's been a very busy day at the store and you're trying to get through the line and it's getting kind of challenging, that's when you can kind of break those out. Same thing goes for opening up an item of snacks or food that you're going to be purchasing. Um, I don't think stores love it when you've already been kind of sampling the items that you're purchasing before you get to the checkout, but life happens. Sometimes you do need to break into the snack, you know, stash that you're purchasing just as a means to kind of get through the process of grocery shopping with your kids. Again, I wouldn't set that up as your normal routine. That's kind of that desperation survival mode, parenting the phone and opening up snacks you're about to purchase might fall into that category for you. Another thing I want to encourage you to do is not stay longer than you have to. This isn't a problem for most people, but sometimes when things are going well and you're kind of having a more chill day with your kids and everybody's cooperating, you might take a more leisurely pace, pace at the store, which works out great until it doesn't. You kind of don't see that, all right, if we kind of take a more leisurely pace through the store, you know, eventually my kids are going to wear out and they're going to get tired. And if we keep a more focused pace, we're going to end up probably with a more positive experience overall. So don't take longer than you have to at the store. And the other thing is, if this historically has been really challenging for you and your kids, or if it's something that you avoid completely and you never bring your kids to the store because it's so stressful for you, or like I said, if you have a history of things going really badly, I encourage you to not always avoid it. I encourage you to kind of make it be a homework assignment for you and practice with shorter trips to the stores. So bring a child or children along at times when you only need to pick up a couple ingredients so that you can kind of practice all that I've um, gone over with you today when you just need to pick up a couple items. So you have a higher chance of success and things not going sideways when you have a long list of things that you need to get at the store. It also can be helpful if you're going to the store and shopping for specific ingredients for maybe an activity that you're doing. For example, maybe you're planning to bake cookies or do some baking or cooking with your kids. So you make the list with your kids at home and that is what you're shopping for so you don't end up um, you know now we have to go to this area of the store and that area of the store and pick up all these various items which might make it a longer trip if you stay really really focused on items that have to do with preparing for a fun activity that everybody is excited about that can also help that grocery shopping trip be more successful. Same thing in mind for if you need to buy clothes or you're going to the store to pick out a gift for maybe a friend's birthday. If you have a short trip, something in mind that won't take a lot of time, that's a great time to practice these skills with kids whom you avoid bringing to the store because it's either gone badly or because it is very anxiety inducing for you as a parent. 
So I hope all these tips of how to avoid meltdowns at um, your next shopping trips your kids have been helpful. Um, please, if you have any questions or are interested in being a guest on my show for parent coaching, I encourage you to reach out to me and send me a message on my website soon. Take care. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the 3D Parent Podcast. I hope it has provided you with the inspiration you need for building stronger relationships with your children and trusting your instincts when it comes to parenting. If you have a parenting question you'd like answered on the podcast, or if you'd like one-on-one -on -one parent coaching, head over to the3dparent.com and click the contact tab to send me your question. If today's discussion empowered your parenting, please be sure to subscribe to the show, leave a rating and a review. Also, I'd love to connect with you on social media. So take a screenshot, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at the3dparent. I look forward to meeting you here again next week on the 3D Parent Podcast.